Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Well, I'm delighted to welcome you all to our Christmas service. It's a very special time for us at Arena Church. And I want to thank everybody who's been involved in making this possible. And also for you for clicking on today and listening and joining with us. I wonder if you'd just take the next 10 minutes to really lean in and listen to the message because I really believe that I've got a message of hope and optimism and forgiveness in a time of, let's face it, it's been really difficult and quite lonely and full of despair for many, many people. You know, the Christmas story is full of hope and uh, as I read it, it fills me with hope. So let's read it together, shall we, from Luke in chapter 2 and verse 1. It reads, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Verse 3, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. Now we note there from those, those words that Caesar Augustus, who was the ruler of the known world, had issued a decree, a command, a set for a census to take place for everybody. But Caesar was only interested in one thing, and that was numbers. In fact, taxes. Yet this biblical and historical account was God's opportunity to really show us what he was interested in. You see, Caesar was only interested in numbers, but God was only interested in names, real people. You see, every number has a name. I'll repeat that. Every number has a name. There's estimated to be 7.8 billion people in the world today. Get your head around that. But every one of them has a name, and every life has a story. We like saying it this way at Arena Church. If you're new to, the, to, to Arena, we like saying it like this. Everybody is a somebody. If you go to our shops, if you go to our sites, our locations, you may see something around that. Now, I started my working career working for a national bank, interestingly, and I started by counting money and notes and checks I was all about the numbers, <laughs> but interestingly, my career developed because of names, not numbers. What do I mean by that? Well, I quickly realized that every bank account was a real person with real stories and real struggles and real challenges. The person who had an overdraft, what was it telling me? It revealed their real struggles, widows, single parents, people who were challenging and it was a challenge to make money stretch. And then there was the other side, people who had incredible wealth. They had savings accounts and check accounts and pensions and unit trusts and ISIS. And some had more money than I had ever seen in my entire life. But they were all real people, customers, clients. And you know what? This actually gave me a competitive edge in, 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 in my career because I understood that everybody needed to be known and heard. Now, when I entered the ministry, I was called to ministry to be a church pastor 
it was helpful to me because I understood what church leadership and church ministry was all about. Listen to me. It's not about church services or church buildings. Both of them are needed, but it's about people, real people. And God came for people. This story tells me that God came for people. He was born to a virgin in a lowly manger. He was born this way. Why? So he could identify with everyone. And if you're on the service today, he can identify with you. Why? Because he identified with innkeepers and with shepherds and with wise men. He was saying to the world, everybody is a somebody. Now Andy Twig, who's the BBC radio presenter for the morning show, he did an interview recently with our community pastor, Lisa Harrison, and myself. And it was really great to meet with him. He's a great friend of, of Arena Church and all that we do in the community. And as we finished the interview, I think he may have even said it on the interview. He said, I can, I can tell you really do love people. I was thrilled by that comment because we really do. In every corner of the world. You know, if you're rich or poor, if you're educated or you feel like you're uneducated. You know, you may be high-powered, or you may feel like you're of lowly position. You may feel like you've got a powerful voice and a platform, or you may feel like you're the voiceless. Young and old, male and female, every nation, race, and color. We love everybody, and so does God. And God stepped into the world with a message of love when he revealed Jesus now, there's something that happens in schools, and we've got many school teachers, and we've got schools on the service today, and they do it in junior schools, I believe, and it's called show and tell. Basically, you bring something, and you can see it, you show it, and then you tell the thing that you brought in. And this is what God did when he revealed Jesus to the world. He showed the gospel, and he told the gospel. You see, Jesus showed the gospel. He fed practically thousands. He touched lepers. He helped widows. He touched the untouchables. He lifted high the lowly. And he also did eat with those who had means and were wealthy and were rulers. You see, he showed the gospel. And we too at Arena Church like to show the gospel. And I can't, you know, move from this point without saying it's amazing to see the generosity of businesses and individuals and church folk as we have literally poured tens of thousands of pounds into our community over this Christmas time. We've fed where there's been need with clothes, kids with shoes, uh, holes in their shoes. We've provided for them. We've made sure that kids have got toys through with it, partnering with the social services. This is all made possible because we want to show the gospel. We really do. And we've also been able to show the gospel because we sponsor a uh, village in Kenya. It's, it's remarkable. It's a remarkable project where we get to educate, feed, clothe, and also bring medical supplies to children and their families. It's amazing that we get to partner with missionary partners around the world from Arena Church. And even this year, this Christmas time, we've been able to send significant gifts to them. And here's a couple of comments back. Two people wrote back to us and said, we're amazed, we're blown away. This is my words. This money came at just the right time. You know, we committed to showing the gospel as Jesus did. Talk is cheap. God showed it. And this love compels us. 
But he didn't just show the gospel. He also told the gospel. And it's wonderful that he preached. Jesus preached. Read the gospel accounts. He corrected. He encouraged. And he used words like I'm doing to communicate God's love to an audience. He told the gospel. That is why we put online services. That is why we're running this service. That is why we run social media platforms. And we do all kinds of things with kids and young people. Because we don't just want to show the gospel. We also want to tell the gospel. And listen to me. How will your life change? How will you know unless you hear? When I was in sales, somebody taught me about something that's well known in the sales industry. And it's called the elevator pitch. You've basically got 60 seconds to get your message across. And I had to really get a, a understand what that was in the sales industry. But then in the church, I thought, I need to get a sales pitch. So here's my sales pitch in 60 seconds. My life changed when I saw that Jesus came into the world for me. And he died for my sins. I wasn't a murderer. I don't want you to think I was. I was actually raised in a good Christian home. But I knew I'd done wrong. Many things wrong. And I knew I was a sinner. I was also very, very empty. And when I heard that Jesus promised to give me life, as a young man, I determined to believe in him. And I bowed my knee. And I asked Jesus to be my saviour and my Lord. I want to tell you guys, I have never looked back from that decision. There's my 60 seconds elevator pitch. This is simply telling the gospel. And I have had the joy and privilege to be able to share this in schools and in churches and in other nations. I've also had the opportunity to tell it to government leaders in council chambers and on street corners to down and outs. And we've seen literally hundreds of people respond to this glorious message of salvation. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world, that is speaking of you, that he gave. The Christmas story is all about giving. He gave his one and only son, that whoever, that is whoever, whosoever, everyone, everywhere, believes. You've got to believe this message. Then the promise is you will not perish, but you will inherit everlasting, eternal life. These verses tell me that you are not a number. God knows your name and he loves and he values and he cherishes you. Now there's a stumbling block that I've realized as I've shared this message to many, many people. Many people say to me, well, when I'm old and grey, then I'll do it because I want to have some fun. Listen to me, you can have a whole lot of fun while being a Christian. Some people also say, well, when I smarten myself up, when I get, you know, I quit the smoking and quit the drinking and quit the, you know, falling around and cheating. And I say to them, you never will. The gospel is told in this way. Jesus says, come as you are. Just come as you are. With all your mess, with all your despair, with all your depression, with all your brokenness, with all the issues of your life. We've got hundreds and hundreds of people across Arena Church who simply came as they were. Now, my favourite Christmas movie of all time is It's a Wonderful Life. I don't know whether you've ever seen it. I love it. It's a black and white classic. And the central character is George Bailey. And we were watching it, my wife and I, at the weekend. It was interesting because he was in a bar 
He was in despair, if you know the story, and we haven't got time to unwrap it. And, and, and everything was against him. And with tears rolling down his face, he prays, and this is what he prays. Dear Father in heaven, I'm not a praying man, but if you're up there and you can hear me, show me the way. I'm at the end of my rope. Show me the way, God. Now, interestingly, in that story, an angel from heaven, Clarence, comes and shows him the way. We're not expecting an angel to turn up in your living room, but what I do want to tell you is you may be crying that prayer, show me the way, what is the way? I'm at the end of my tether, end of my rope. And if I can be bold, he's using me in this moment to show you the way. And the way is Jesus. Jesus himself said in John 14 verse 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. There's only one way you're going to get to God. And it's through Jesus. I want to encourage you as you put your trust in God, your past becomes forgiven. God's amazing grace makes you secure and it will never let you go. Your walk of faith isn't about you trying harder to please God. It's just a free gift that you simply receive and you also get a new purpose for living. The reason you are alive is because God wanted to know you. He wants a real relationship with you. And he wants to fill your life with good things. And then we get a security that we have a home in heaven when our days on this earth are done. And we will spend eternity with him. Caesar Augustus, he was only interested in numbers. But our father in heaven, he is only interested in names. Your name. I wonder if you'd in this moment allow me to pray. You may be in the quietness of your room, your living room, your kitchen, wherever you're watching this. Just bow your head if you can. From the youngest to the oldest. Because I get a sense that there's many people who are like this character that I mentioned. You're propping up a bar or a kitchen side table or wherever in your bedroom. And you're at the end of your tether. I want to simply ask you to put your trust in God. In a moment, there's going to be something that comes on the screen to say you're responding to Jesus. You want to know more? Just respond. It may be that you need prayer. Just respond. People won't pry, but they will help you. And it will be the beginning of a new start with God. So why don't you pray this prayer with me? Lord, I'm sorry for, for doing the things my way. I'm, I simply put my trust in you today. Please forgive me of all my sins and Give me the brand new start that this preacher's told me about today. And fill my empty heart with love and peace as I believe you and as I receive you. Amen. I want to tell you and encourage you to click on the screen now. We're here for you. A host will be able to help you. As I said, if you need prayer, they'll pray with you. But I'd also encourage you to check out our website. If you have prayed that prayer, please don't now do nothing with it. Please follow it through. And if I may, just in these closing seconds that I have with you, we like to pray a blessing. We believe in prayer and we believe in the power of a blessing. And I want to pray this over each and every one of you and your homes and your families. It's a well-known blessing from the scriptures. And this is what it says. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you 
his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, guys, I love you. I'm praying for you. And I believe in you. God bless you.